0: Welcome, everyone, to How College Works. Drew's not here today. He is on break, which means he's doing family things and taking care of family and, you know.
1: What kind of break is he on?
0: I don't know. He gets a lot of breaks, it seems like.
1: Does he also have to go to school until, like, the end of June or something crazy? That might be true. Okay, fine. He can have it. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll <laughs> take that.
0: <laughs> so, we have a guest today. Cheryl would you please introduce yourself?
2: Yes, my name
0: is Sherry Pennington and I'm the director of financial aid. Oh. Finally, financial aid. The topic we have been waiting for.
1: Well, it's the questions that students ask me and I'm like, I don't know, I gotta go talk to Sherry, like
0: every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've had students who are like, I I don't know what to do. Like if I don't get a passing grade in this class, then I'm gonna drop below full time enrollment is like I not the person who can help with this. So, go see Sherry. Go go see Sherry. Share, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sherry, what do you do here?
2: <laughs> that is a good question. So uh, a lot of things. Main thing is to assess a student's financial need and then determine eligibility for financial aid to help meet that need as best we can.
0: So those are two Separate things, so you asses, first you assess a student's financial need through, I'm assuming, FAFSA? Yes, okay. correct. And then then after that, you go and try to show them, tell them, let them know different financial resources to meet those needs. So if I showed up and was like, I have no money, here's my FAFSA says I have no money, mm-hmm. then you would go out and try to find things like, Scholarships, loans, grants. things for grants for people with no money.
2: Yes, Pell grants were paid for people with no money. Because I got a Pell grant. I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. True. So yes, we we can Sorry. get we can determine their eligibility for a Pell grant uh, from the FAFSA. So that's kind of the first thing that we do when we get a FAFSA. is Look to see if that student qualifies for a Pell grant. And then of course there are lots of other opportunities. So there are. Um, SEOG grants. What is that? That stands for Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. It's another Mm -hmm. federal grant. It's limited. Our campus gets a limited amount of funding for that, so it's supposed to go to the the highest need students. There are also federal work-study programs, um, so we can determine their eligibility for that. There are federal student loans uh, through the direct loan program. And then most institutions also offer institutional aid, either in the form of merit scholarships or need-based grants.
0: So we're hitting the tail end of our spring semester. I'm going to ask this question. I think I know the answer. But yeah. so you have nothing to do right now, right?
2: <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just so dead in my office. There's nothing going on. Yeah.
0: You know, as a student, I would think of financial aid as something that, for the most part, I care about when I apply, and then there's this thing where, like, I have to fill out a FAFSA once a year, but whatever, like...
1: I mean, it is tax season, so it's a good time to be doing FAFSAs.
0: But I never pay taxes as a student.
1: Well, but your parents do. Yeah,
0: but they didn't fill out the fa- Maybe they did fill out the fa- I don't you, remember. It's been You too have long. to have your
1: parents' mm-hmm. stuff to do it. You can't okay. just fill out your own FAFSA right. unless you have independent well, can, status. Yeah.
2: Wow, well, you are... You know your financial That's
1: right. Paid. I had independent status at a community college once. Oh, I yeah. see. So that was because I didn't live with my parents my last year in
0: high school. Did you throw your hands up at me?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. Beyonce, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I went to another institution, and they didn't recognize that. So then I had to track my parents down and get their tax information. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. I, don't, I think you can answer this. I don't know. So what is the like, total annual income cutoff for qualifying for those Pell Grants? Because that's like a standard thing, right? Like there's a number?
2: Not really. Dang it. Um, <laughs> My streak is a And that's because there's so many factors that go into the formula mm. to determine that eligibility. Okay. So they're going to look at your family size. Okay. So it could be a family of eight or it could be a family of four. That would matter. And then they're going to look at the number of students in the family that are going to college oh, I that remember year. That. Yeah. So if you have two or three students in college, then it helps get your family contribution down. It's Also, going to ask for parents' adjusted gross income, students' adjusted gross income, taxes paid for both, and assets. Mm. So, it's never been there's so many me. variables that it's there's not really just okay. Like, you can't just say if you make over X, then you you're probably not going to qualify.
1: Okay, it yeah. just felt like there was some sort of number attached at one point, but I don't, I mean. Probably yeah. not, but I, I mean, like if you brain. say
2: for a family of four with no assets, income probably can't be much over 40000 to qualify for a Pell Grant, okay. but lots of variables in there.
0: Because I have a twin brother and a sister is two years older, so when I went to college, my parents had three mm-hmm. children in college.
2: That helped? Yes. i <laughs> sure.
0: <Yes. laughs> brought that family, contribution, family contribution down. Family contribution went down, yeah. yeah. So what do you do during most of the year because, so from my recollection, it's like there's like one time a year in which I had interaction with financial aid, that was years ago, so I don't even remember what my interaction was, I just don't there was a thing that happened periodically where I had to like give a FAFSA, FAFSA to somebody and then things happened, but that basically has to be all sort of figured out by the time the semester starts, ideally, Ideally. In order for like all of that to kind of go forward. Mm-hmm. So naively, you'd be like, well, maybe you have to work like crazy over the summer, but then once week three and fall semester hits, it's easy street, but I'm guessing that's not the case. No,
2: so um, the other uh, thing that we spend a lot of time on in our office is verification. So about one-third of all the FAFSAs that are filed are flagged for verification and that means that the financial aid office has to confirm the information that they reported is accurate so we have to get additional forms from the student, they have to submit tax transcripts from the IRS, uh, fill out verification worksheets, that kind of thing and as you probably know, sometimes you have to ask students ten times to get those <laughs> forms <laughs> and so lots of follow up. <laughs> with students on that, uh, and then if you, once you get those documents, if there are issues with their FAFSA, things aren't, aren't matching up, you have to submit corrections back to their FAFSA. Um,
0: Do you submit those corrections, or does it have to go to the student?
2: We can submit it on behalf of the student.
0: That's probably good.
2: Yes.
1: Because I clearly messed it up the first time. <laughs> Or maybe they didn't know
0: what they were doing. Or maybe it'll take five tries to get them to submit (laughs) the faculty. To be fair, it's hard to get faculty to do things as well. No,
1: it's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, you do not see the look I just gave.
1: (laughs) Do you mean get our colleagues to do things for us? Yes, or from
0: (laughs) our colleagues' perspective, get us to do things for them. I do
1: things. I'm a pay-it-forward kind of
0: lady.
2: That's good. So other things that we have to do, <laughs> <Thank> you, <Jerry.
1: laughs> uh,
2: we have to work with students um, that are taking out student loans. We have to make sure they're doing their loan entrance counseling and oh, signing yeah. their master promissory note. I, uh, I remember to, that. Yeah, we have to make sure we get <sighs> those documents. Scary. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> get those documents signed and in before we can originate the loans. Uh, then we have to do lots of uh, back and forth with the Department of Ed, with submitting origination records and giving them all the information on you know the student's loan and their eligibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get, after we get the origination record accepted, then we submit a disbursement record to say, okay, now we're going to be dispersing mm-hmm. money to the student mm-hmm. you know, Concord. on a certain day of the week. Um, the business office then has to draw down those funds, so we work closely with the business office. And, Saying, okay, this is the amount of money that we're dispersing to all of these students' accounts, and then they go in and, and request the drawdown of the funds.
0: So you all those sort of the all those docs have to be in a row on your end before you can pass that off to the business office who we spoke to two um, three weeks ago. Yeah. Before Definitely. they can draw down or request those funds from the government. So if so it's important for a student to have all of their
2: Stuffed together. Stuffed together because they (laughs) literally can't get paid. Right. Right. And so there are are times when um, it may be eight weeks into the semester, six weeks into the semester, eight weeks into the semester, and we're Mm -hmm. still trying to get a student to finish everything that they need to get finished so that we can get those disbursements to their account.
0: So that they can then pay their tuition. Right.
2: Is that collecting interest while they're not paying? Probably late fees,
0: yes. Mm. Interest.
1: Well, I mean like I mean I've gone to state schools where if you don't pay by X date then it starts to accrue interest at a certain rate. Yeah, it's
0: not mm-hmm. it's not good. Right. Well, yeah. I think there's nothing good about that. Let's say that. It's
1: good for the school.
0: Well they'll get more money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah. I just sort of like, Oh my gosh, I gotta hurry up and pay this because it's gonna start collecting interest on this day or whatever.
0: So Sherry, does financial aid, am I right in remembering that there is an aspect of what you do in terms of student, enrollment is not the word I want, but the number of credits that they're having, that if a student is dropping below a, I think for us it's 12 credit hours as full-time enrollment. That's
1: for everyone in the world.
0: Well, mm-hmm. yeah. All
1: undergraduates.
0: <laughs> Very well. <laughs> <laughs> so then they stop getting financial aid. Is that correct? Like, is there some things there that I'm missing?
2: Well, at the, at the beginning of each semester, we have to look to see if that student is considered full-time, three-quarter time, half-time, or less than half-time because their aid has to be calculated based on that status. Later, so once we've gotten their aid processed, later in that semester, if they drop below that status, we don't, refund or recalculate their aid but satisfactory academic progress will eventually catch up with them because at the end of each semester uh, we are required to monitor satisfactory academic progress so the student has to be completing the required amount of hours and also completing it with a certain GPA. Mm-hmm. So if they're dropping, if they're continually dropping classes each semester, eventually that satisfactory academic progress is going to check up with them. So even the if they up. drop with a W, that still is calculated into their satisfactory academic progress. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because it will show as their attempted hours.
0: Alright. So maybe we should break this down a little bit, is that for you in terms of financial aid, there are I think three numbers that are important. One is the number of credits they enroll in at the start of the semester, yes. the number of credits that they earn a grade in, a passing grade in, and the overall GPA at the end of that or beginning of that semester. Also
1: the number of credits they attempted because that they're going to divide that by the number of credits completed and they have to have 66 percent. Right. right? So, 67, 67.
0: 67. So the number of credits enrolled in the start of the semester would be the number of credits attempted you Correct. as a student saying, these are the credit hours that I'm going to do this semester, and the number that you finish with is the number completed.
1: Not to be nitpicky, but there is that little period where you can drop without it showing up on your transcript. Like the first week or so. The yeah, first drop. week,
0: with it, yeah. So within the, for, for our school, within the first week you can add, and it just, as, as, it's as if you enrolled from the very beginning, and you can drop within the first
1: two weeks. I think it's six days.
0: Six. I think it's a, it's a little longer than the ad. Uh, you can add, You can add, and then there's a... It's yeah. like the beginning of the second week, you can add up to the beginning of the second week, and you drop up to the end of the second, second week. week. And then it's as if you did not enroll. It does not count towards your credits attempted. Draw yeah. If you're staying above the full-time enrollment credit hours, but you say I'm... So let's say I am insane, <laughs> and I enroll for 20... Four credit hours, let's say.
1: I did that one semester. I'm not gonna lie. That is not a
0: good idea. (laughs) Whatever, it worked (laughs) out. Don't do that. Don't ever do that, students. I'm
1: sorry. It was a horrible semester. Yeah, it's a bad.
0: It's a bad idea. It's even approaching that is a bad idea. Um, I think for the vast majority of students,
1: it was a bad idea for me, but I had to.
0: Yeah. So let's say I did that, and then I dropped. I was like, this is crazy. I'm dropping half these class credit hours. So I dropped down to 12. So I'm still fully enrolled because I'm at 12 credit hours. But my credits attempted are 24, and my credits completed are 12. I have only completed 50% of the credits that I originally signed up for.
2: It's just going to be below satisfactory academic Which which means I'm going (laughs) to probably
0: get on academic probation the next semester.
2: And financial aid.
1: Probation.
2: Morning uh, probation. So that's
1: that. the good news though is that like one screw up semester doesn't necessarily seal your fate. You get a chance to recover. So if you're like, okay, I realize 12 credits is just my top. If you enrolled in 12 credits and stayed in 12 credits and completed 12 credits, then that's going to average your satisfactory academic progress up. I don't know, I'd have to do some math, which I can't do. Uh, but I'm assuming that will get me up to 67%, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> But, uh, do it, you're the physics about, guy. Yeah, it's
0: about right. Yeah. yeah! You'll have attempted 36, and you'll have completed 24. 20. Right. So that's two-thirds,
2: 66. Oh, yeah, 66. oh. And we're, we need 67, so you'd be just a little below. Oh, do you man.
0: truncate or do you round? Because technically it's 66.6 repeating.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, true. Okay, then so you're round to round the sixty seven. So you just barely made it, Melody, congratulations! Yay! Yay!
1: I know, I feel like I've worked the system in some way. Only the system kind of worked me because I screwed up. to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Did> 24 <more laughs> Really screwed up, up. 20 more, screwed up. Actually, but I feel like that was an advising fail, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I have had students who have <clears throat> wanted to sign up for a large number of credits. And until we've had a couple of semesters under sort of their belt and we can really see what they're, what they're capable of, I am really reluctant to do that. Yeah, but partly for this reason is that because things will tend to snowball. Often it's not one class; all the classes drop. And students you,
1: are like pretty sure that we're in cahoots to make everything do at the same time. Like sort of, you know, yes. week
0: four, week eight. You know those sort of. It's just where the things. That's why I tell them. Spring break is spring break in the spring semester. I'm not midterm having a midterm. large project due right after yeah. spring break. That would be insane of me. But
1: they feel like that we've somehow you know. We're in on it. And we're like, yeah. There's only
0: so many ways to distribute three or four exams over 15 weeks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Math. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but, so, but you're right. It kind of like, because everything's, midterm is a notoriously rough time for every student because everything is coming in. You have big papers, term, like midterm exams, projects, posters, and of course those 21, 22 credits start to get pretty heavy around that time.
0: Yeah. So and all of them start to drop and dropping one or two like then there's this like recovery period you're already behind in most of your classes now and so it's, it, it becomes just even harder to recover because it's not like you're it, if a student was prepared to say just not show up for a class they probably wouldn't have signed up for that class just wouldn't have signed up for the credits and then, you know, which is sort of their ideal sort of I think thought as well If I'm struggling, then I'll do fine in five of these classes, and the sixth one is the one i will be tanking in. But the reality is you're kind of tanking in all of them. (laughs) Right. Yes.
1: Okay, so what happens if a student actually kind of screws up two semesters in a row? Like in terms of financial aid, maybe they're not quite at 67% or their GPA is not where it's supposed to be or
2: whatever. What happens then? So at the end of the first semester, when they maybe struggled a bit, uh, we'll, give them, they, we'll give them the next semester on a financial aid warning period. So they can still get aid for that semester, uh, but they know that we're going to be monitoring them again at the end of next semester. So at the end of the second semester, if they're not back up to those satisfactory academic progress requirements, then we would place them on financial aid suspension. Mm. And that means that they lose eligibility for aid, uh, they can submit an appeal. So if they have, you know, valid results, extenuating circumstances. Like circumstances exactly. What
0: would those look like? Because we say that, I mean, it's often in a syllabus and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. we don't accept a late work except for extenuating circumstances, you know. Such as you're bleeding out the eyeballs or whatever. <laughs> I say be. broken bones.
1: <laughs> but I'm not sure a broken bone would necessarily work for financial aid. Well, yeah. So that yeah, what medical that like?
0: reason medical generally. Reason.
2: Um, if they're, you know, if they've had death in the family, those are the main the main two things that I've seen over the years. Uh, usually, it's medical related. Mm. If it's just, hey, I had an 8 o'clock class and I can't get up, and you know. <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> that is, I mean, it's
2: not going to cut it. I, I feel like that is a
0: syndrome of some sort, but yet not recognized in DSM 5.
2: Not recognized. No. Mm-hmm.
0: But if they you know, are suffering from mental illness like depression, or they were like
1: let's I'm not trying to be like whatever but
2: documented probably right yes we do have to have documentation
0: so you'll need to see a a medical professional to be diagnosed we'll Mm -hmm.
2: have to have a letter from a doctor or a counselor you know psychologist someone yes
0: Adam did actually lose his left leg below the knee (laughs) that's why he has not been in class or Catherine has been undiagnosed bipolar and Therefore, that's why these things happen. So that, that kind of that kind of thing, or or yes, death in the family. Which how does that? Well, get for verified? example,
2: I think one time we had um, a student whose parent passed away uh, during that semester, and so we you know, we got a copy of the death certificate. Um, she had been going to a counselor, so we got verification from a counselor that you know yes, she was. Having difficulties related to that issue. How many? Can I you can time about this? But do a lot of students get put on like warning or probation? I wouldn't say a lot, but we do have every every semester we do have some students who go on either warning or suspension. Not a lot. Not a significant majority. Thank
1: okay.
0: goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, see, technically, a significant majority is 66. So, <laughs> not, so, yes. below so, <laughs> so below that? <laughs> so, but so not a particularly large percentage of our student population. Right.
1: How many, I mean, we're at a, a private school, so we get different types of like federal aid as opposed to public schools, is that true? Like our awards, or is it all based on our student need, or is it does it matter what kind of school it is in terms of what
2: kinds of awards the
1: government gives?
2: For the federal aid, it doesn't matter if the student's going to a public institution or a private institution. She can still get, you know, the federal Pell Grant, federal work study, federal student loans. Now it is based on cost of attendance, so maybe it's a lesser amount if it's a lower cost school. Gotcha. I think, I'm not sure students know
1: that. Because they're like, oh, well, I could have taken this financial aid and applied it at the community college and made money. And I'm like,
2: well... No, probably is not going to work that Yeah, long.
1: okay. So it's It's based on both your income and also the cost wow. of the school and all those other factors. Yes. Okay. Just
2: setting the record straight. Yeah,
1: they're
2: not going to be making problem. a lot of money.
0: I think this is probably set up so you cannot make money on student loans because you do have to student loans
1: but Pell Grants if you are on a lot of scholarships and you get Pell Grants you can actually pocket some stuff
2: I've done it it depends on the school and it depends on their financial aid regulations sometimes they will uh, not let you get over and above your cost yeah we
1: were just talking about scholarship recipients today in our division meeting and that was one of our things so we have a winner and we have an alternate in case that winners already tapped out on their financial aid and can't get the scholarship we want to make sure that someone's getting, getting that money mm-hmm.
0: right so how often do you or your staff deal with students <laughs> on a daily basis
2: um, yes <laughs> <laughs> Hourly. Hourly phases. (laughs) Minute by minute.
0: (laughs) How does that ideal interaction look to you?
1: So the question is, how do you want students to come to you to talk to you about financial aid? Because I think, one, they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And two, they might be a little nervous. So what advice would you have if they needed to come to the financial aid office?
2: Come on in, have a chat. We're not mean. We're not mean, folks. <laughs> um, we and we do get a lot of emails, so I think that's probably when the student maybe doesn't feel comfortable with walking in. It's easier to just write an email. So we have a lot. We spend a lot of time answering questions by email. But, yeah, anybody can come in and, and sit down and have a chat with us. And I would rather that they come in and ask questions so that they know more about what they, their rights and responsibilities are and what they need to know rather than just ignore it.
1: What kinds of questions do they ask like most of the time? I'm sure you get the same questions a lot again and again.
2: Well, a lot of times it is about, well, why don't I qualify for this program or, you know, that program? What else can I get? Mm -hmm. Is there any other options that, you know, I'm needing some additional resources? What other options are available? A lot of times it's, well, what do I have to do to keep this scholarship? You know, what, my, what does my GPA have to be here? How many credit hours do I need to complete? Those are the main types
0: of questions. So that's a good point is that there are a number of scholarships here for different populations of students, some of which I'm thinking of like dance scholarships and, and or music scholarships which require them to I think enroll in a certain number of credits.
1: And certain types of Certain art. types of classes. Like, like so things. many art classes a semester.
2: Right. We or a couple or, of students who are <laughs> minoring in art.
0: Or must Sorry. must be in like this dance class, mm-hmm. this sort of dance class, which is like the, the dance troupe. Yeah. And must maintain a certain GPA. Is the financial aid office the place to go to ask about that?
2: Yes. most. Um, all scholarships are gonna have some kind of criteria attached to them for renewal. So you're gonna to have to do something, like you said, enroll in certain classes or take a certain number of credits, have certain GPA, in order for that to get renewed. And so yes, the financial aid office keeps track of all of that.
0: I'm wondering if you... see so can... your
2: wheel's turning. Yeah, yes, yes,
0: <laughs> Little little hamster wheel up inside my brain. Uh, so you know, we talked about students, you know, signing up for too many credits or Mm -hmm. stuff like this and and starting to undermine their ability to maintain financial aid. Are there any sort of pitfalls that you see cropping up sort of in that vein over and over again? Like do you have advice for students? Mm. Like so for a really academically strong student they probably don't ever need to worry about this. Sometimes, I mean it depends on, okay, so you got if you have to sign up for 24 credit hours like you, you might be the thing, but I
1: well, I had a, I was just trying to get, I, whatever, I had extenuating circumstances that I just messed up and went someplace else and then couldn't enroll in full time because I couldn't afford it, mm-hmm. so I felt behind because I only had completed six credits, like maybe the two semesters in a row, so I was like, Wah! so I was trying to stack things so that I could get back on track, mm-hmm. but
0: but I, I mean, so usually I I start to see this in in students who are struggling either because they're outside of their their strengths they take they they're having to take classes that are part of their breath
1: yeah
0: uh, but are outside of their their comfort zone and, and their their confidence or there's sometimes students who are fantastic people and this is not like a judgment on the student but they're not ready to be doing this so solo they're they' Their time management, their sort of ability to, to say no to all the fun things but do all the not-so-fun things that they have to do to maintain that, that grade in those classes, they're just not quite there yet. Is, I mean, so in terms of just a student who's looking at a schedule, do you have the, are there any red flags you like see over and over? The student says, well, I was thinking about I, my no. intent was this.
1: I'm going to stop you right there. Well,
2: no. I would say just kind of spreading themselves too thin. So maybe, you know, well, I wanted, I wanted, I'm interested in art and I'm interested in dance, so I wanted to apply for both and then do both. And, you know, and then they've got their campus job and they've got other things and maybe they're just spreading themselves too thin. With our scholarships, we try to limit that somewhat because, for example, music music majors. There's a lot of credits. There's a lot. They have to do so many credits in music.
0: We have discussed with my brother who majored in music. (laughs) Music?
2: Okay. (laughs) Uh, It it
0: makes me tired just remembering.
2: So, we we don't allow those students to also get another scholarship in fine arts. I was just thinking about
1: art and music together would be, they couldn't get, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they'd be taking Mm -hmm. any core requirements. Right. You
2: couldn't couldn't graduate because you couldn't get your other core requirements in. So, we do Mm -hmm. limit that somewhat especially for the music majors.
1: So don't spread yourselves too thin. But here's what I have found. Students don't know their limits the first, at least, semester, probably even two. Uh, maybe even more because classes get dif- more difficult as you go. So you are like, yeah, I got this. And then you get into 300 level class like, I don't got this. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just try to tell students, you know, it's, there's, I mean, for whatever reason, there's this thing, well, 12 credits was full-time in my time, my undergrad, and that was just what I took unless I had to take more because I'm like, well, and I also paid per credit. Mm-hmm. Um, our here is a little different and that full time is 12 or anything above so you can't take 24 for the same cost of 12 right, right. i think yes. right yes. but that wasn't the case so like i was always really conscious of like how many credits i was taking because i had to pay for each credit so 12, there was no shame. 12 was 12, year full-time, that's a full low, blah, blah, blah. But now students act like that 12 isn't quite enough. Maybe I should do 15. I mean, shouldn't I do 15? And I'm like, I don't know, should you? <laughs> well,
0: talk. I mean, to graduate on time here for 120 credits, in order to be out in four years, they must, so, they must average um, 15 credits.
1: I have comments about that, but I
0: won't. I mean, I've, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is good or bad. But this is, that's just the reality. Well, then full
1: time should be 15 credits if that's the case.
2: Just going to put that out there. (laughs) For federal aid, 12 credits is generally considered full time. But I'm like you, I usually tell students 15 per per credit for 15 hours per semester is average if you want to get out of here in four years. Yeah.
0: Going significantly above that I think is probably the the time when you need to start the biggest problem. But there's a
1: big difference, at least for students, I advise, between 15 and 18.
0: Yes. Like a huge
1: difference. For whatever reason, that sixth class, Mm -hmm. and if you're taking a lab or a foreign language, and so things are kind of at, oh, ooh. That's the tipping point I've noticed for many really good students who are very dedicated, but they just can't quite find time for that sixth class. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't advise for that. Yeah. I, I advise at the get-out in exactly four years unless a student is particularly strong. Or and if is they're
1: double-majoring.
0: Well I, well, I guess. This is people, over-achievers. Yes, well, I would advise them not to double-major unless they're particularly strong. Per- personally, <laughs> that's the way I advise.
1: I'll have to come back to this credit hour thing later. I need to think about I mean, so
0: there's a difference between being fully enrolled to get out on time as a as a school and being fully enrolled at being able to qualify for financial aid and so really when we say 12 credits is fully enrolled that's for financial aid that doesn't mean to
1: understandably so but at the same time i completed my degree in four years and that 24-hour credit one was just to make up for another semester where i had gone out of state and couldn't afford out of state tuition Mm -hmm. for full time maybe i had fewer credits I'm not sure. I did take advantage of a couple of summer classes, so that's... that's a, what
2: some students do as well. And,
1: yeah, training. and so, like, if you take a summer class, we also had intersession classes, so, like, those in-between oh, yeah. semesters, mm-hmm. those three weeks. Yeah. Uh, you could do a cram sort of five days a week, two hours a day kind of class. I mean, if you 24 a year times four.
0: Okay, so anyway, students. <laughs> Financial aid.
1: You should know what you're talking about, is what i I mean, I'm just, like, this, like, right here, like, not knowing, like, trying to figure out this math and trying to plan. These are the types of things students should be thinking about. Right, exactly. And I think about it whenever I'm advising students, but sometimes they come in with extra credits. Sometimes they drop stuff, and I'm not always keeping track of their total number of credits until I get their transcript in the semester. I'm like, crap. (laughs) So these are the types of things that students should be thinking about. Right.
0: I am an advisor. And I make this very clear to my advisees, like, I advise you to, to do this. Like, you're going to sign up for whatever you're going to sign up for, but I am here to, to give you perspective of someone who has watched many people go through this. And it's like, I don't think you should do that. You know, I've had students in past institutions that offer Japanese. like, I'm going to take Jap- second semester Japanese and anime and blah, blah, blah. It's like... Mm-hmm. I think you need to back that off a little bit. I don't think that's a good idea. So you
2: can give them recommendations. Yeah, But, but they, ultimately, sign, they or, sign up. You
0: know, We advise them. Yeah. But it, So part of what being an advisor means is that the responsibility does not fall on me. The responsibility that falls to me is to give them the best advice I can. Then the responsibility falls on the student to follow through and do whatever it is that they Make think is the most system. responsible thing to do. And so, as unfair as it sounds, having a crappy advisor does not absolve you from making mistakes. That's just the way it is. So, be thinking about how many credits can you have? How many credits can you finish? Mm -hmm. Like, that class sounds awesome. Are you going to... Can you carry that class all the way through?
1: Well, and what else are you taking that semester? Are you taking a chem lab that's going to, like, eat up all your time? Because, like, I I look at what's going on because I do English majors almost exclusively. And I have to be careful because I'm like, that's four lit classes. Do you know how many you're going to be reading a night? Are you sure? (laughs) You're going to be reading a novel a week per class. Or what? Like, that's the equivalent, essentially. And I'm like, ah. So we try to spread that out as much as we can because Mm -hmm. to take... For reading intensive or even for writing intensive classes is overload for even the best students. So I'd like to try to be like, let's take a history class. I mean, you're still going to have to read, but reading history is different than reading, you know, the Bronte's or whatever. It's just, I I don't know. I don't know. No, they're not. You don't like Jenny Hare? No. (laughs) I'm a bad English major.
0: (laughs) You're a rhetorician.
1: Well, that's true, but like everyone, when you say English, assumes you love literature. And I like literature, but I'm not in love with some of that stuff, which is why I transitioned over to the writing side of things.
0: But anyway. but That's also true for science. Right. People who are science are like, oh, I just love science. I'm going to take a biology, biology and chemistry, biology. and calculus. Yeah. Like, you need to stop, and we need to remove one of those.
2: Exactly. Yes. and I appreciate you as advisors telling your students. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah.
0: Slow your roll. We need Do
2: you want to die?
0: Because I like math and science I took a lot when I was in college because I'm a physics major and yet I'm the one telling you not all not three not three at once at once that's a that's bad right idea up.
1: yeah just kind of that balance and I think we have to have figure that out for each student. So we've been talking a little bit about like grants and like scholarships so what we haven't really talked about is loans. And that's, (laughs) I don't want to hear about your stupid loans. He's very excited because he's close to paying off his student loans. Yay,
2: congrats. I'll
0: just remind our listeners, I have a five-year-old son who will probably be close to six by the time I paid off my undergraduate loans.
2: Oh, these
1: are from your undergrad? I didn't have any undergraduate loans. All of my loans are from my PhD.
0: I said, well, all my loans are from my undergraduate. I didn't. Pay a dime for my graduate. Degree.
1: That's because you're in the sciences and probably
0: had a better like assistantship than I did. I don't That's want to right. talk about this. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I I did TA for a lot of my time. The, the that
1: sta- is the standard in humanities. Is I TA. know
0: the entire time. In mean, the standard in yeah. sciences, that instructor you ta- of
1: record even.
0: Yeah, which I think is fantastic. It actually prepares you to be a professor in a way that being a graduate student <laughs> in sciences does not. So sorry. anyway, it's so digress.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I have a lot of them, and I'm a little bitter. I don't know, since I didn't take out student loans as an undergrad, I and I, I try to advise students, like, well, do you need that money? You know, because sometimes I think they want money so they can have the spending money, and I'm like, are you sure? Because <laughs> past Melody was stupid, and current Melody is kind of mad at past Melody (laughs) for taking out, and I try to tell them, like, listen, I mean, and then some of them feel a lot of guilt or a lot of, like, anxiety about taking out loans, so I have to kind of play both sides to kind of Mm -hmm. help them, but is it, is it just me, or are more students taking out loans than
2: before? Mm, I'm not sure how to answer that, so we, a lot of our students do take out loans, they have to, Uh, and it's not necessarily because they just want it or need extra money, it's they need it to pay their tuition mm-hmm. bill. The government has, set, has it set up with the federal direct loan program where there are maximum amounts that students can borrow at each grade level mm-hmm. and then a maximum overall for undergraduate. It goes up as you go up. It, it does go
1: up. <laughs> They'll let so. you take out a ton.
2: Yeah, 5,500 yeah. max for first year dependent students independent students can borrow a little bit more but 5500 first year for dependents, and then 6500 second year 7500 per year above that but you can rack up oh God can
0: oh rack up tens up. of thousands
2: tens
1: yes. of thousands yes <laughs> and then you look at your student loan total and you're like just doesn't exist it's fine <laughs> I just watch it go out of my checking account every month to pay it and I let it there are different kinds of loans, right? There are. Yeah,
0: so there so for my undergraduate loans, there are basically two types. One's was for the government subsidy. Okay. So there are Sorry,
2: through now. the direct loan program, there are both subsidized and unsubsidized loans. So the unsubsidized loans are going to be current interest while the students in school.
0: So if you have a if you have a choice to make, you don't pay them all off evenly. You pay into those unsubsidized loans. Correct. Full stop. That's, <laughs> yes, Like, yes. you don't worry about the subsidized loans. You just leave those alone, and you st- you pay the unsubsidized loans.
2: And I always encourage people to pay the interest while they're in school. Mm, even if they just pay, pay the interest? Yes, yeah. just pay the interest while you're in school so that it's saving you money in the long
0: run. By the way, students who are like, when do I ever need to know algebra? This now. is when you need to know algebra. Because you are probably even, like, I come from, like, a fairly middle, middle class background. Like, I'm not upper middle class or lower middle class, and I had to take out loans to go to school. But it's really important to understand how those loans accrue interest and what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have a 15% interest, that means for every $100 of loan in that year, they will add $15 to it every year. But then what happens next year is those $15 get wrapped up into the loan.
1: Right, now you're, it's yes. $115. Mm-hmm. And it's a career interest on top of that.
0: Right. Hey, so I'm depressed. <laughs> you're borrowing $10,000 over the course of your time in, in school, and that's probably a really low estimate, then that's going to add hun- $1,500 in the first year. And that's then going to add 1650 ish dollars
2: Whatever, that's too much.
0: <laughs> In the next year, you know, you You didn't you just even keep...
1: calculate 12 times 8 earlier, so I don't even know if I trust you right well, now. Well, I mean,
0: I, ballpark.
2: <laughs> ballpark. But you, I guess the moral of the story is if you have to borrow to be able to afford your education, borrow as the, the minimum amount that you mm-hmm. need uh, and think of it as an investment in your future. And then think about how you're going to be paying that back and make prepayments. Yes. Anytime you get extra money, put it towards your loans. I'm a horrible person. I never did that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so one of the things is that I went to college without a car and without like an allowance from my parents so much. I mean, they put a certain amount on like my ID. You know, and that Mm -hmm. sort of, I didn't spend it too much. I just ate at the dining hall. We didn't go out to eat very often or eat on campus at places other than the dining hall. It was kind of boring. Shout out to my friends from college, if anyone's listening to this. It was super fun sitting and watching the parking lot. We spent hours doing that. (laughs) Hmm. Is
1: this because, like, it was so long ago there wasn't internet or something?
0: (laughs) No, actually, like, we were, yeah, we were... Napster, which our listeners have no That's idea right. what that is, that was happening when Dude, I went Dude,
1: that college. was cool, though.
0: Yeah. Until it wasn't. Until <laughs> no, it wasn't cool. Was in, until Grandma started getting sued by the RIAA, But part of the thing that becoming an adult is, in terms of school and just life, is those loans are in your name.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Which means that you need to start considering, like, these have to be paid back. And it may be worth your time... To not be all making dominoes runs every weekend or perhaps not be going out to the DQ. That is true. That is
2: not
1: to say that you can't treat yourself to a blizzard
2: from time to time. treat time yourself. time, but not all the time. Right. I live mean, like a student while you are a student. Yeah. Because I mean, you not don't want to live like you're a student 20 years later. That's right.
0: <laughs> you know, having ramen, for, you know, in graduate school is one thing. Having ramen as a professor is another, is another thing, thing because you're buried yes. under debt. You know.
1: Are you, like, pointing fingers at me right now? (laughs) 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 No, but I, you know, at the same time, I've had to, like, counsel students who were like, I don't know, I don't know if I should take out loans, I don't know if I can afford it, and I'm like, okay, listen, you know, like, it is an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not going crazy... Right. As long right.
0: as I mean the thing is like what are the what are the sacrifices that you're making? If you're taking out ten thousand dollars worth of loans and you know, you're doing Walmart runs every week, maybe we need to consider one of those reconsider one of those right. things. Mm-hmm.
1: You shouldn't be living in the lap of luxury as an undergrad, is that what I'm hearing?
0: Basically, yes.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, like there's that whole poor college student as in financially not have, yeah, that's a thing. Embrace it. It's part of your identity. <laughs> I don't know, so then, like, the subsidized and unsubsidized, and just, like, you know, I don't want to disclose how many loans I have, because it's crazy, but uh, luckily, even, so I'm in the humanities, so I don't make Buku Books, which is fine. it's my choice. I love what I you do. You are also in education. Yes. um
0: Choices. And I
1: pro- and I took out probably more. Like whenever I calculated through the direct loan people, like what I would have to make per year in order to make my payments, in order to pay it off, like in like thirty to years. Make those payments comfortably. Yes. Uh, be- I was like, that's hilarious. There's no way I'm going to make that much money in my like career but they do income-based repayment so that's helpful and that like you so if you're like well i can't afford to major in english because i'm going to have to take out loans i'm never going to be afford to pay it off there is a little give and take there and i
2: will pay it off in 30 years no, no and who
0: should i talk to if i'm considering such a thing
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the financial aid office does have information on all the different types of repayment plans that are available if you already have taken out loans and you're wanting to talk to your loan servicer about what type of payment plan should I get set up on, um, then you should talk to your direct loan servicer. So these direct loans, they're from the, from the government, uh, but there are lots of, of companies that mm-hmm. are servicers. So your, your loans will be assigned to a servicer and that's who you will deal with when you're making payments, when you have questions. Uh, filling out deferment forms or um, forbearance forms, all those different kinds yep. of things. Yep, forbearance. So there's lots of options. Uh, if a student is is struggling, say they've taken out lots of loans while they're in school and now they're out and they're in their repayment period, there are lots of options for students to talk to their loan servicer and see if they qualify for any kind of economic hardship, mm-hmm. forbearance, or deferment.
1: And it's, I mean, I was expecting, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are still hoops because they want a lot of paperwork, but it wasn't as, I mean, I was like, well, of course you're gonna want my taxes. Of course you're gonna want copies of this to like verify what I'm saying, but it wasn't that bad. Like, right. it was pretty straightforward. Um, and I don't know, so there's the forbearance. There's also a six month grace period. Yes. So after you graduate, in case you just don't land the job right away, you get six months before Give you time have time to, to get settled. And if get it you done. land the job,
0: go ahead and start repaying.
1: Yeah, you don't exactly. have to take the grace
0: period. Exactly. exactly. Shouldn't because again, algebra accruing. <laughs> God, I'm just a failure because I, right?
1: like, I was like, Yeah, I didn't do any of that. I'm just gonna say, That's okay. I'll just be paying for my rest. And my then money. you
2: mentioned earlier non government loans. So sometimes oh, yeah. students take out private loans, in like addition through to banks or those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Yeah, and so lots of there are lots of companies out there that offer private education loans. They don't have to abide by the federal, you know, rules and regulations and interest rates and that mm. kind of thing. So I always tell, just caution students to make sure you read the fine print, know what you're signing. Um, don't want any balloon interest rates. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And so since they're not, you could, they, they shouldn't, but they could really sell you much more of a loan than you need. Mm. And a much higher in interest, interest rate. Interest rate, yes. So and a lot those of those absolutely will accrue.
2: Yes, they will definitely be accruing interest. The a lot of the companies that offer these private education loans nowadays will want the school to certify the student's costs. Um, so they'll they'll have the school uh, indicate what what the cost of attendance is, what other financial aid that student is getting, uh, so that they know that that student. So they'll really offer only a
1: certain amount. Only a certain mm-hmm. amount. That's good. That's good. Yeah.
0: If they don't do that, you should probably not.
1: <laughs> exactly. You should
0: probably walk away from that. Yes.
1: Right. Do some calculations.
0: Otherwise, someone's probably going to break your knees later on.
1: What? <laughs> I don't need that stress hanging over my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this has been really informative. I forgot all these things. I mean, I probably should have remembered them more because I kind of didn't do the right thing. The
0: human mind erases traumatic experiences or tries to
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay,
2: now I'm depressed because we talked about my loans. There are also loans that parents can take out for yes. their dependent uh, students. So Is that
1: common? Do a lot of parents do that? Well, we have a few. Um, I'd be like, no, take out
0: your own loan, but I'm cold like that. <laughs> we'll see when Theo goes to college.
1: Well, you're going to take all the money you were putting toward your student loan debt towards his scholar or college fund right
0: maybe <laughs> well
1: wouldn't that be the responsible thing to do Peter? Just,
0: perhaps <laughs> sometimes i need fine leather goods fine. Oh your
1: italian goodness.
0: belt that's right
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so 529 plans 529 that's those education plans that parents can put money into that's not yes. taxed is Correct. that true yes. and it does
0: not have to be in the state that you're living
1: that is true. What would be the benefit of doing a state that you're not living in?
0: Because different states have different programs that work in different ways.
1: Just so it doesn't have to be a state, because you technically live in a state that you don't work in.
0: That's correct, and his five twenty nine is in a different state. <laughs>
2: okay, and that's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's
0: totally totally fine. And
2: the takeaway is everyone should have a college savings plan.
0: Yes, yeah. this might it's be a little late. save
2: money. I know it's a little late now for juniors and seniors in high school. I understand that, but...
1: Well, but here's something, like, I think about, like, you know, it was rough. I had to figure out how to pay for college in different ways, and I wish I didn't have to take out loans, and not that it was my parents' responsibility, because it absolutely wasn't, but I would, like... For you know any person that I help go to college to have a little more like support, and so like if you're like wow this really sucks, then think about that as a parent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: I might garnish Theo's wages when he.
1: You should do that. Good job. When he works at the movie theater.
0: Ten percent is going into his college fund. Garnish.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that that's all. I worked at Sonic. My parents didn't say anything about college. They should have.
0: You could have just kept working at Sonic.
1: I did for like six years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I worked there for a long time. That really helped pay my bills. Yeah.
0: But also reduces the number of credit hours you can that's right. reasonably hold.
1: <laughs> We're, back some, some. <laughs> We're back to that. I'm just saying. We're back to that. Well, right, and so like that's the other sort of part of the equation in terms of financial aid. Is I'm like, okay, if I take out more money, I can work less and take more credits. But then I'm like, but I don't want I to take out more money. So Future work you has more. to deal with that. Yeah, right. And so, like, that's like the, I guess if I had to say something, I'd be like, work a little harder now while you're younger, because it doesn't get easier as you get older, and you're gonna want to watch TV and take weekends off, <laughs> right? And Very so, like, true. and not that I did, not I worked full time my entire undergrad, um, so that's different. But I, I don't regret that at all. Like, I think it actually helped. But I would tell students now, like, it's you know, you're young, you have energy. It's time to see what you're made of, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just have a job, take out fewer loans, make you it work.
0: You have a chance in college to, you know, talk with financial aid about what they can get you and what other options there might be sort of around on campus and to try in a situation which has some safety netting to it. Mm-hmm. You try something and it doesn't work, you get that semester of grace. Where you can reevaluate. Whereas
1: after you graduate and you never worked and you start a new job and you like things don't go well, then you don't have a place to live. Right, yeah. There's no, no more
0: safety net once you graduate. Like you take on too much of responsibility and, and things start falling falling apart. There is there is no safety net. There's no semester of, okay, let's reset and figure it out. There is you're fired and the rent is due. That's
2: right. And And your your, loans
0: are due. (laughs) Your
2: electric bill and your water bill and everything else that goes.
1: Let me tell you, not that this has happened, but I—I mean, I think I've been close a few times. I'm not super into not having electricity, (laughs) you know.
0: No, yeah, it's not as. You can't get on the
1: the internet (laughs) (laughs) without electricity. It's it's rough. How would you listen to this podcast? That's right. Exactly.
0: At the local library is the answer.
1: Responsibility. Know what you're doing. Ask questions. Ask questions. As always, talk okay. to the people. So that's been a theme, like for everybody who's come in, and also just for ourselves, as we're like, hey, come talk to us, come ask us questions. So, like, I know it's a little cheesy, but knowledge is power. The no more you know. Do, do, do. Don't want to sing Reading Rainbow. <laughs> no, okay. <no, no>. Yeah, <laughs> butterfly in the sky. Now
0: I can go twice as high.
1: Take a look.
0: It's in a book.
1: A reading, reading rainbow. rainbow. Wow, <laughs> I'm impressed. We've never done that before. No, we <laughs> anyway, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, no. ask questions. Know what's going on. Take charge. You know of your life and be responsible for yourself. And uh, that's that's what I'm getting from that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we are resources, and we can be intimidating and scary, and that we are unknown. <laughs> we
1: just sang reading rainbow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's true less intimidating <laughs> less scary but the unknown is the thing that's that's scary like right. I have no idea where to go who I'm going to talk to or I don't, I don't have no, I have no
1: idea what's going to happen with these student loans I'm just going to keep taking them out and I'll just wait till the end until I see that huge number that is not good that is
0: yeah, not good that is a bad feeling students
2: need to take responsibility they need to follow up make sure they understand their financial aid and don't leave it to your parents <sighs> that's right Algebra. <laughs> You're just going to get that in there one more time.
0: <laughs> Shout out to my brother's students who are asking when they would ever need to know algebra.
1: Are they even listening to this?
0: Probably not. But he can make them listen <laughs> to it now. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you, Sherry. Yeah. That was informative. You're welcome. Thank you for tolerating our Flashbacks to like. <laughs> I love the stories. <laughs> yeah. So... If you want to get us a question, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D. Or if you have a longer question to ask, you can reach me on email. I'm peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.